Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates on tonight's show. I have a very special guest, a returning guest. His name is Igor Sarsky. And we first talked with each other almost 10 months ago now, uh, back in August 7, 2020, was our first interview. And uh, that was very well received. You can listen to that on my uh, podcast, William Ramsey Investigates. And uh, we also had our second conversation, January 30th, 2021. And that was also well received. And then I published my book in May. Um, that title of that book is Global Death Cult Over Nine Angles. Adam Waffen and the Slaughter of the Innocents. And it goes through this kind of international connections between these groups and their history and their foundation. And we've just kind of continued researching. There's things that have happened, things that have happened really today that kind of add to this corpus of this trying to understand. Uh, this group, the Order of Nine Angles, and also kind of in context, the smiley face going. So we're going to talk about that. So Igor Sarsky, are you there? Uh, I am well. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks for returning uh, to the show. So people who haven't heard your first and second, maybe we can do like a brief recap of, of just the information that's there and then kind of give updates. Like I've got new information. Even yesterday, there was a guy who uh, was convicted in England. He was part of what's called the Sonnenkrieg division. And he was, you know, kind of a neo-Nazi. He tried to deny all of his contacts. His name was Andrew Dimock. So I, I had him in my book, Global Death Cult, which is available on my website, William Ramsey Investigates. And uh, so there's definitely some kind of new information. So why don't you just talk about a little bit about, or do like a recap of, of maybe the first and second interviews we did, and then we can start off with this one. Sure. So, I mean, where we're at, so if no, and no one has seen the first or the second video, we can kind of help them get along. Um, from my perspective, um, the most important thing to catch up on, if you haven't seen the first two videos, is the concept of culling um, within the corpus of the ONA. Um, we're discussing that, in, at, we've discussed that at length, but um, the most important thing to get across, I think, to your viewers is that the modus operandi for culling that they that they transfer through their writings um, is to target red light districts um, and bars and people that are um, inebriated coming out from bars um, alone. Um, basically the perfect, um, the perfect prey. Um, right. And that's in a variety of different places in their writings, right? So you have one guy who's affiliated with the ONA in kind of Northern England writes about it. There's writings in Chloe's material. And then there's that lurker of the night, right? That one story. I can't remember where in their corpus that's found. So that's just three different Anton, places. Anton Long himself also discusses this, right? He discusses the their prime victim typology as somebody coming out from a bar, somebody who's a lout drunk. That's right. So that, it's right. So it's multiple cases in different times and places through this group. So really fascinating. And uh, yeah, so... I mean, they're, they're, yeah, continue. Well, all, yeah. So, so, so another thing that I think part of the MO, which comports with the smile the face killings, which is why we're discussing this, um, is the aspect of staged accidents. So not only are they targeting bars and red light districts um, for to get the competitive advantage when they uh, to, to, to obtain a prey, um, but they're also discussing the way uh, the way to achieve this is to use it is to use the is to achieve it through staged accidents um this concept staged accidents this actual term comes up numerous times um 
and is, I think, one of the most compelling reasons why you're sitting there thinking, well, if the ONA is real and there's people who believe in this stuff, has there been staged accidents in the past? Um, you had that's just the first question that comes to mind. Right. And, and that's a significant past that goes back decades, right? So if they're doing this back in 19 since the 1980s, what are these staged accidents? And in that context, I actually kind of came across like probably the earliest reference, at least it's in fiction, of an SFK style uh, death, which I mentioned to you. I was watching Chinatown by Roman Polanski, and not only were the theme there are themes of pedophilia um, in that film, which I hadn't remembered, but one of the main characters is found in a body of water, and his name is Mulray. And he's a central kind of figure in this whole story. But what um, what the main character, the private detective, realizes is that Mulray was actually drowned in a saltwater body of water and then moved to a freshwater. And what he finds from this fictional thing, and this actually won the best screenplay of the year Chinatown did in 1974, he finds out that the medical examiner found that there was salt water in his lungs. And it just was incredible for me to, to somebody who's researched so many of these water deaths to actually see this written out and somebody who definitely has an occult uh, pedigree in uh, Polanski for sure. I mean, just tons of occultism actually um, to see that written into this film was really astonishing. Yeah. I think there was uh, implications that he had connections to Manson and the process church. Uh, and yeah. And his, his wife was in Sharon Tate was with in doing sh movies right before her death. And she is filmed and pictured with Alex Saunders, who is the English King of Witches. And she was in this other Eye of the Beholder or something like that. That she, uh, yes, they were all into the occult. They were running into occult circles. And that was kind of one of the cover-ups of the Manson death. So, but yeah, Chinatown was after that, but still really remarkable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the concept of staged accidents is really interesting because, as I said, you're thinking to yourself, okay, um, the ONA, either they are complete bullshit and everything they're writing about um, is is just, you know, them posturing. They're not actually, you know, um, dangerous enough to give effect to their words. Or where are the bodies? There are two categories that the ONA can be placed in, and those are them. There's no middle ground. There's either bodies or they're completely fake. Um, just judging from their writings, judging from the fact that culling is a doorway to achieving adeptship in the ONA. You cannot say you are actually an ONA member um, unless you have called. And anyone who claims that they are ONA, has claimed in the past, would have called, technically speaking, unless they are fake, unless they are just saying that you know, they're right. ONA or unless they're not actually, unless the ONA is fake. I mean, yeah. Right, but in their original documents, right, in the original writings, it's a septenary way, right? Seven part system. And to get to the external adept, you have to call. You have to go through the inside roles prior to that, but you their calling is an essential element of progressing up up the ladder of uh, the hierarchical ladder of the group as written. So this is a this is a contradiction that a lot of journalists are making um, that aren't attributing the ONA as being dangerous enough. Um, they 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 con they they concede that the ONA um, ideology proliferates dangerous groups, but they don't concede that um, they're dangerous enough to kill. 
um, which is I think which is I think a contradiction that a lot of journalists are making um, because it's either one or the other. It's either these groups aren't actually dangerous or they are. Um, and if they are, then where are the bodies? Right. Good point. Where are these accidental deaths? Where are these strange? You know, no, there no, should not, be not just where are these accidental deaths. Where are these people coming out from bars? getting caught in blackout spots, right? Because the concept of blackout spots is used in ONA literature multiple times where that's how they achieve the culling is by obtaining a victim in a blackout spot where, you know, no one can see you, where there's no cameras, where there's no, where there's no, uh, where there's no um, people watching you coming out of a bar and a staged accident. Like these are all boxes that have to be ticked. We're talking about here, right? Um, right. Which I think as, you know, I think most of the viewers would agree, the people who have been emailing me, the people who are interested in this theory, would agree that it fits perfectly. The only disconnect is, are they dangerous enough? Where, and if they are, where are the bodies? And potentially, we may have known where the bodies are for a long time. We just didn't know who the perpetrator was. Good point, right. And there was a interview that came to my attention this morning between Sean Atwood, who I actually booked for the Opera Report back in 2017, Sean Atwood and uh, Jake Hanrahan. So they talked about the LNA for about an hour. And they certainly, he didn't really, in my opinion, and, and maybe you can share your impression, but he didn't really seem to think they were much more dangerous than some of the stuff. And it sure seemed like he followed the, the line of my book. Um, so I don't know whether he came to that information. I, I surprised that he could have because some of the stuff that happened was so recent but uh yeah I, I, he did he seemed to be dismissive of additional lethality associated with the ona what did you think i uh just so you know i did discuss this theory with hanrahan um his um the reason why we connected the reason why i felt to connect with him is because both of our videos were posted on the main ona website um uh, so I, you know, I thought that, you know, they're posting on the ONA website, they're posting relevant videos toward that are relevant towards ONA corpus or developing the ONA, you know, right. lip, labyrinth mythologicus. And one of his, one of the videos was his, one of the videos was our video, the first one we did, um, that they put up there. Um, so I discussed it with him. Um, you know, he's a very smart individual. I'll give him that in general. I, I can definitely tell that, um, he uh, he's somebody worth discussing it with right you know i think you can kind of you know see right away if somebody is going to have some con concrete additions um and he definitely had some concrete additions um but as i said i believe a disconnect with him is that he's willing to or a, a contradiction that he's making is he's willing to agree that there are dangerous people um adhering to this uh you know metaculture um yet where are the bodies that's he he doesn't believe that there's they're dangerous enough to actually go out and kill people or they, that because there because there's no evidence or there hasn't been any evidence that it doesn't it hasn't happened um when did were you in contact with him um probably about uh a month ago i would say so fairly recently yeah. fairly recent fairly recent yeah i mean i thought it was an interesting conversation and uh, this he actually mentioned the author of the article that i'm showing right now on youtube uh daniel d simone so you guys can check out if you're on twitter still on twitter he's been posting about this andrew dimock who i found out uh during this was in contact with uh, somebody who i wrote about in my book global death called a guy by the name of denton so they were in contact together he went by rape and he was uh, just sentenced in may to 42 months so these guys are all kind of uh, going, and this is guy was at the old Bailey in England. So um, 
he hasn't been, I think his sentencing is June 25th, but he got convicted of 13 different offenses. So he's, uh, he's, he's looking at a long jail time. This is the problem I have is that there's so many articles out there. Nobody is not conceding that dangerous people are adhering to this ideology because there's so many articles, so many cases of dangerous people committing crimes out there. I mean, only recently there's been, I think a handful of cases of ONA cases where somebody has been arrested. I mean, it's been really in the news recently, but um, it's out there. Um, but people are seemingly blocking out the fact that, you know, this whole culling aspect, the whole them talking about targeting people coming out from bars and, you know, creating staged accidents. Like I don't hear anyone talking about that. They right. just hear people talking about them being, you know, that them it, it proliferating to dangerous ideologies like, you know, Nazism and, and, um, and jihadism and all these, you know, ideologies, they are, they're dangerous. Okay. But where are the bodies then? Okay. But they're not dangerous enough to kill. Okay. But how do you know that? How can one person really claim that? I thought your book, um, did a good job, um, kind of bringing to light, a like the degree to which the, this, uh, dangerous people are out there with this ideology in their mind. Yeah. I mean, you can see that these, the calling, the ideology is there and it's dispersed just like we talked about or you talked about how much of this ideology can be transferred all over the place so um yeah i mean you there's probably others unknown there's probably others unknown who might be interested in this that some of these guys may know but uh we don't know the totality of it and i mean that was really the calling element if you go back through the, the letters of stephen brown that's the distinguishing concept that distinguishes this group from uh the temple of set and, and the church of satan so so this is the quite this is the point is so all you need is one right all you need is one person who's dangerous enough who says i want to be ona um and then they go and they call someone and they call someone in the manner that you know was described in all the literature which is the way we're talking about um and i do believe that it's it's very unlikely that one person hasn't there hasn't been that one person yet and i think it's more likely you know that there's been more than one and a lot more than one judging by how many people are how how attractive this is to certain people well i think that even Mayat said that even when he was publishing his manuscripts and sending them out through po boxes he had 150 con different contacts with people and this is pre-internet time so that even at that time there was a significant amount of people who were curious about ONA doctrines and, and the group itself without really any advertising. So I thought that that was fascinating that, I mean, you have to kind of take anything. And, and think about, so we have 300 people. What was that? 30 years ago. Um, think about what's happened since then. We have the dawn of the internet. We have um, people like, uh, you know, AA Moraine and you have uh, Cryptonomous and all these, you know, um, ONA um, paragons who are posting online and who are connecting with ONA members all over the world. Right. Not, what, not only are they posting online new things, but they're posting old things, right? They're posting esoteric knowledge, stuff that used to just be orally transmitted, right. but now is all over the internet. So basically, Joe in Antarctica can go on his laptop and, and read all this stuff, right. um, whereas before it would have never been accessible to anyone but um, Anton Long's inner circle or anyone he would have shared it with, who they would have shared it with, and so on and so forth. No, that's a good point. And I mean, you can see some of this, uh, you know, all that. This is all evidentiary stuff, contacts and international contacts. I have a whole section on Nexians in my book that show that there are at least glimmers of these this, these groups in multinational places. And how deep they roll or anything like that is really another open question. But uh, 
even Hanrahan mentioned in that in that interview the Italian group and the Serbian group. So he knows, you know, he's aware of that as well. Which is why I think this comports so perfectly with the Smilofis killer phenomenon. First of all, because obviously the we have the proliferation of cases being in England and the US, which is where this ideology seemingly has proliferated in England and the US. Um, but it's also just been a global global phenomenon for these deaths to happen, which insinuates that whatever ideology is doing this is global, is done by, it has been passed around uh, the world um, and is being used by multiple people around the world. Yeah, and that's the title of my second documentary on the SFK, The Global Slaughter Continues, because there were so many cases in France coming out of a bar near water and this uh, western coastal French city, two guys are found in water coming out of a bar. I mean, it's just the same MO. It's incredible. Incredible that it's multinational. So how is that happening? And then there's all, always been speculation from the beginning. Small cells agree. Even Jim Smith talked about it. Small cells working independently, uh, teams and groups. So if you um, look at Jim Smith's conclusions and you look at um, Doc uh, Gilbertson's conclusions with, uh, with uh, Gannon, Gannon. Yeah. Um, their conclusions are actually right on top of the order of nine angles. Like it's actually scary. Both their conclusion, both Jim's conclusions and Gannon's conclusions. If you read what they're actually saying, it's directly on this. Um, but they just haven't, you know, they haven't, you know, they didn't know what the ONA was. You know, but time, they came. Correct. Their analysis ended up with these conclusions that I think, like you said, comport with this this group's ideology. When you really expose it and kind of take the time to read through what they're doing. So that's like the then we're back to that original question is do these guys have are there elements that are actually fulfilling these these statements that are within the corpus. So so Hanrahan made an interesting point that uh, just because so you we see a lot of ONA members deep web ONA members discussing this modus operandi of 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 snatching people when they come out of bars because they're drunk. You can utilize blackout spots. So you find where there's no cameras, close to water, right? Um, mm -hmm. But um, he um, and uh, but in Hanrahan's in Hanrahan's case, um, he uh, I don't believe he um, he sees it to the degree that we do because I don't believe he's read the same writings. Um, right. He was talking about staged accidents being you know them potentially using car car wrecks which I thought was way off from what I've read. Um, but um, yeah, my, my impression from him is that he, he knows that there's a large variety of writings from these groups and there really are independent and these little Nexians have their own booklets and books, whether it's the temple of them or AA Moraine's books or anything, but I don't think that Henry Hans really read through them or analyzed them. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do I do think he's actually do, putting in some good work though on the ONA. Um, I think eventually he's going to realize the fact that they aren't just talking about staged accidents in a global sense. They're talking about specific staged accidents, um, specific victim typology, specific modus operandi, um, and uh, I think a lot of researchers have missed that gap. Yeah, no, it's. Uh... Yeah, I mean that's really the whole, and all and all of their stories are take place at night, right? So they're constantly moving at night, and I think even he acknowledged that in the interview that they're not your average goose stepping Nazis. They operate in a cult manner. So, so. yeah, exactly. Um, 
do you want to talk about one of those posts about that continues on your theme of these blackout spots, that one post that had in one sentence, it distilled the possible MO, I mean, possible additional MO of some of these perpetrators. Sure. Yeah, we can discuss it. I, so um, this was found on like a deep web ONA website. I don't know. Are you able to pop it up? Um, let me see if I can find it. Yeah. This was found on a deep web ONA website. Um, just a comment made um, from a another ONA website. Um, I guess it's a WordPress. So each, each person has their website and they can make comments on it. Um, so let's just, just a brief preface where we're going with this in the UK in particular, there's been a lot of cases. Um, some have been dubbed pusher cases. Some are, some are dubbed pusher cases because that's typically like the smiley face killer, like uh, name. Not every... I was in the pusher documentary by, um, Gary J was his name in Manchester. So you can see that online. Yeah. Not every case is indicative of a push. Not just like not every case in the UK, US has a smiley face on it, but um, it just got attached to those names. There's actually been a lot of these SFK phenomenon type cases in the UK, um, which is really weird because you have to ask yourself, you're like, okay, how have they been able to, um, how have they been able to dodge the cameras, right? Because in the UK, uh, it's known that, it's, I mean, there's CCTV everywhere. Everywhere, um, right. For you to be able to, um, get a victim from a bar you would likely be seen i mean how could you how could you prevent it from how could you prevent yourself from not be seen being seen um and nobody i i personally was still struggling with that a little bit because there's so many cases in the uk um and all the cases have a similar hallmark in that they there's no witnesses that see the victim entering the water there's no CCTV footage of the victim entering the water. Like the person, if they're having an accident and they fall in the water accidentally, where's the person, where's the witness? Where's the CCTV footage of them having the accident? Where's any physical evidence that they fell in the water, right? Like, you know, physical evidence, which can prove within a shadow of about that, you know, they fell down this bank embankment, right? Cause here's their hat. Here's, you know, here's the physical evidence. None of the cases have any or any of those aspects to them, which is, I mean, a little bit shocking, quite frankly. Um, and I've always struggled with that. I, this comment in particular that we're going to bring up was quite uh, al quite illuminating, I would say, in terms of how they would go about uh, figuring out that aspect of it. Yeah, well, can you describe it? I, I can't seem to find it. I know I have a screenshot of it somewhere, but I can't seem to really pop it up. Let's see, where is this? I think I can get a screenshot of it. Okay. Probably better that we do get it. Because, I mean, this is a great comment. I mean, you're, you're Okay, can you put it into the chat, and then I'll pull it out. If you can put it into the chat of StreamYard. Sure. Put it up. I, I should have I should have had it ready. No problem. Okay. Oops, copy image. All right. Um, put it in the private chat, right? Yeah, if, it, if, it'll, if it'll take the picture. Uh, it won't, actually. It won't? Can you email it to me real quick? Yeah. Send it to the Proton Mail.
Okay, sent. So as I was saying, um, just as you're pulling this up, you have to think to yourself, if even if all of these cases are accidents, right? So this is what the this is what the, the global media and everyone's assuming is that all these cases are accidents. There's about 150 cases. I mean, more maybe more in the UK. At least, yeah, at least. Um, all of them are the same, right? As I said, no witnesses of a person going in the water, which means it's unwitnessed drowning. Um, right. Very no strange. No CCTV footage of a person going into the water, which is also very strange because you're thinking to yourself, hey, if these are accidental drowning, surely the accident will occur within the purview of CCTV footage at some point within one case. No. Right, just one. Just one nighttime drowning, right? Just one. No, never. Not one case. Physical evidence, right? Physical evidence where they can say, we have achieved, we have, we have, we have obtained physical evidence to prove without a doubt that this person fell down this embankment, hit their head um, on this, you know, rock because there's the blood, right? And then, and then they drown in the water, right? Um, one of those three hallmarks would insinuate that hey, some of these are drownings. Um, but when you have 150 cases, probability-wise, that are all the same, and in that regard, and you don't have any any three of those hallmarks um you have to think to yourself that um there has to be at least one homicide and if there's at least one homicide in there if a person has achieved at least one homicide then you know right the the the, the saying right if there's one there's two um and you know if there's one there's more right and then there's obviously going to be more um so so where where does that end where does the one to two to three end well there's so many cases in there global worldwide that if we can if we can prove without a shadow of a doubt that there has to be at least one homicide there in the UK in those cases because if mathematically it doesn't make sense for them to all be accidents on unwitnessed accidents um, unwitnessed by CCTV and humans um, and right. no physical evidence right um, okay. yeah so um, so how how do you do it so 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 one of the deep web websites I'm reading this comment. Um, and it stuck out to me. Um, so it says, uh, there's a, there's a comment here, uh, to an article, to an Atlantic religion website that says you can lead a horse to water. Um, the comment says HMM, a goal, comma, culling, comma, smiley face, uh, clues everywhere. Um, and it was liked by the person who runs the website. The person who runs the website is his name is A.A. Moraine. He's like Chloe. Um, in the sense that he's an ONA paragon, very, very active online. A lot of ONA members or people who are, follow the ONA visit his website and comment on stuff, um, just like they do to Chloe's stuff, right? They're, they're popular. They're known to people around the globe, A.A. Moraine and Chloe. Um, and this is from A.A. Moraine's website. Um, and this is just a commenter on his website. And this is from 2016. Right. Um, so this was... I mean, a long time. This before. is before any, like, it, uh, the ONA even surfaced. This is kind of way back. Yeah, bef years. before it was in the news, well before we started our research. There's no doubt sure. about that. Yeah, right. Um, so the first, the, first, um, the first thing is the article. So the article is really interesting. The article leads to an article about um, the – well, first of all, the comment's also obviously referring to Cully. Let's just get that out of the way. It's – I mean, there's obviously it says HMM a goal, which I'm sure none of your viewers know what that, what that means. Right? I didn't either. I didn't I will, either. Yeah, until yeah, I will explain. Um, but obviously, when you say culling, comma clues everywhere, you know that the, the 
the comment the the, 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 the the substance of the comment is referring to culling or with whatever. the smiley face right it's key the smiley <laughs> face is key like there's so many choices of different uh, Listen, emo I, um, emotes you could use but they use the smiley face i'm not putting that smiley face there i'm not putting that smiley face on the main ona website on the top right right um, that right. was somebody else man as i said right. i'm just the one talking about this um, right. so that smiley face yeah it's there um clues everywhere. So the substance of the comments, obviously about calling. So you have this article, um, the article leads back to a ancient pagan tradition, um, ancient pagic myth, pagan mythological tradition, um, refer or talking about the Tehi Tegi, um, which is spelled T E H I T E G I. Um, and I encourage your viewers to go and read the article. Um, but anyone who watched our second video knows we discussed the, um, story, um, a fractured flowing sea by Cryptonymus or Chloe, um, otherwise known as Chloe, um, a fractured flowing sea where there was this, um, shape-shifting female water dwelling creature who would come to a shore to snatch humans leaving bars at night and drown them. And when you read that story, you're like, this is a really weird story. Oh, perfect. Nice. Yeah. So when you read that story, you're like, okay, that's a really weird story. Obviously, there are ways that that comports to the smiley face killer, but it's just really strange. And you're like, where could that possibly come from? Well, I do believe that story is traced back to the story of the Tehi Tegi, um, which is which which lines up with the with the pagan background of the ONA. Um, and the Tehi Tegi, um, you want to just go up a little bit there? Sure. But this this picture saw the pre-Raphaelite Tegi Tegi, so mm -hmm. that's your that's your mention of it, sir. And that's the coin of the Tehi Tegi, which is like a, a well, that's not a coin of the Tehi Tegi. Sorry, that's a coin of the uh, Redone's Gaul. Right, um, but here's an important element is this, not just the paganism, but the Druidic quality of the ONA, which they don't really state overtly, but all of these things they're doing, being out in the forest and kind of communing with nature is very Druidic to me. Correct. So this, the story of the Tehi Tegi is exactly what happened in the story of the fractured flowing sea. I do believe um, the Tegi Tegi is a story about an evil enchantress. So this is the Christian twist on it. So there, so we don't know, as I said, who how this story was pre-Christian, but the Christian twist on it was there's this enchantress, there's a Tegi Tegi, who um, <clears throat> who was gorgeous and basically entranced every all the men on the island and all the men on the island completely ignored all their duties in life just to follow this woman um because she was so gorgeous they wanted to marry her so they followed her everywhere um and then the entire island was at a standstill because nobody was tending their crops nobody was doing anything right um but mm -hmm. following this woman so one day she decides she's going to go on a uh a, a horse ride and all the men start following her as she's on her horse ride and she's riding um she rides across a river and all the men are in the river um and then she makes it appears that the river's crossable all the men get in the river and then she lifts the spell and then the river drowns all the men um and then she flies away she transforms into a wren and flies away um and this i believe is actually the basis for the actual culling aspect of the ONA, like where the concept of culling came from um, within the basis of the ONA. So the ONA obviously um, developed into a lot of different things. It had a, has a lot of new flavors and the flavors that have developed recently. Mm -hmm. But one of the base flavors of the ONA, which is like the Ruin Watha way, right? 
which right. is what Anton Long was transferred from that old lady back in back in uh, supposedly, right? That was one of the core elements of his doctrine was his meeting this mother in either Shropshire or uh, somewhere in East England or yeah, West England. West Correct, and that's where this aspect of culling came. So um, we don't know how this story was interpreted pre-Christian. Um, there's there's a tradition in in Wales right now called the Hunt of the Wren where they hunt wren every year um and they they hunt wren every single year to a, to avoid this so it's like an anti-female story right so if you remember there's like an aspect of the sinister feminine to the right. old right, right. um where, where they hold the feminine um above everything else and there's the sinister feminine it's like you know what they're what they're what they're what they hope to achieve right like as a person right like that's i do believe what they're like main um one of their main core aspects of their ideology is a sinister feminine. And this, that is derived from this, um, this story of the Teggy Teggy. She was the first sinister feminine who called a bunch of men, a bunch of complacent men who were basically, you know, who were louts, right? Like Anton Long describes, um, you know, who are avoiding, you know, do, doing everything, anything and the, the world stood still. Right. So we, we can, we can transfer this to the transferring of aeons we talked about in the second right. video where they're talking about transferring to a new aeon where, you know, there's more, you know, the human beings are not like the Magians anymore. They're not louts and they're not complacent. And, you know, you got to kill them to get there or you got to help, help, help it along. Um, I do believe that this is the stem of that ideology. The stem well, the it's interesting because there's so much here to unpack. Even in this statement from George Waldron's description of the Isle of Man, legend of Tehi Tegi, it's, they led them into a deep river, which she, her art made seem passable. So she's beguiling them. When they're all come to a good way in it, she caused a sudden wind to rise, which driving the waters in such abundance to one place, swallowed up the poor lovers. So there's the lover aspect, number of 600 in their tumultuous waves, after which the sorceress was seen by some persons who stood on the shore to convert herself. And that is the kind of symbol that pervades a lot of ONA stuff, which is the Noctulian. Tullius is the bat that flies at night, right? And so you will see this symbol of the bat. That's, a, that's a great connection, actually, Will. I yeah. never thought of that. That's Yeah, so you'll here. see the A.A. Moraine, I think, uses a bat on one of the covers of his uh, books. And there's actually a really incredible picture of Adam oh. Waffer. Adam Waffen members holding a picture of that ONA bat. So it's just another element that they understand some of the symbolic representations that the ONA uses. So, so let's just take a step back. So we're talking about this was the article posted by the commenter on AA Moraine's website in relation to cult, right. um, which connects, which we understand. So this, this is where the, the, the concept of culling came from. Um, do you want to pull up the comment again? Yeah, I'm pulling it back. Yeah. Yep. So then let's unpack the rest of it. So we have that comment, which also, which basically shows the, 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 the root of the culling culture of the ONA it goes all the way back to deep, deep pagan mythological culture. Um, and then we have the comment HMM a goal. So we know what everything else means on this comment. We know what the, what the article relates to. Um, we know culling, obviously what that is in, in the corpus of the ONA. Um, we've discussed that lot, uh, extensively. Right. We have a smiley face, which we know um, relates to nihilism within the corpus of the ONA. So anybody who, I mean, obviously we, we know that not, 
even it not in the ONA, it means it has a nihilist perspective. So you've covered that, the smiley face. Right, I've covered tons of it. I mean, it causes nihilism through really occult culture, not just the ONA, but it is kind of, you know, there's definitely ONA uses it for sure. Yep. And so that, that being there next to culling, um, comport so don't forget so we have so we have a comment um from sarah she was saying that she found the embedded smiley face it was on every page correct so what website was that on that website that smiley face she's talking about was on the Ruinwatha website the main Ruinwatha website the same culture that's related to the tehi tegi um the same culture that's related to culling um and nihilism and culling can be comported we talked about that in our last video how um, we, I do believe that there's some aspect of, you know, of, you know, um, of a nihilistic part to these killings, like, you know, that nothing matters right. um, or something along those lines. I'm trying to pull that up or I'm trying to pull that website up. So. But it just all connects, right? So you see the smiley face on the Ruin Watha website and you also see it here. Um, it really makes you wonder because we're connecting the call aspect of culling, right? The culling within the ONA comports directly to the smiley face killer um, cases. We don't, I'm not saying that it, it actually is ONA members committing it. I'm just saying that the writing connects. I have nothing else to give beyond that um, because I am not reading police reports. I don't have case reports in front of me. I can't make direct connections. How can I make direct connections sitting here on my computer um, beyond the connections that I've made um, which is, you know, that you have a very dangerous group talking about killing people in this manner, in this exact manner. Um, and the only way, the only reason why people haven't gotten to this point in the past is because they don't believe they're dangerous enough um, right. to actually give effect to their words. Um, yeah. Let me see if I can pull this up. For some reason, my browser doesn't show that. I'm trying to get the room with the um, article up. Um, so let's get to the final point. As you're pulling it up, I'll discuss HMM a goal. So you have to think to yourself, okay, that's a really weird saying. Uh, obviously, it doesn't mean anything as it is. Um, but actually, when you do some very basic research, um, you realize that it can only mean one thing. There we go. And you can kind of see it in the screen. It's very in the upper right. If you press, uh, press control right, just zoom control in. Right. I don't know. You're on a Mac, so it's different. I'm on a Mac. Let me see. Um, zoom in. This has been here for four years-ish, four to five years. It's been on this website. I went back on the um, Wayback Machine to see because um, I was wonder I wondered to myself if it was put there after my first video because I actually did our first video without seeing this smiley face. Um, I didn't know about it when I did our first video. Um, and then I saw it after our first video, and I thought to myself, there's a chance that they maybe put it there as a as a joke or something. Um, but it's there. I mean, I mean it's been there for, trying for, to for a long time. More. Been there for quite a long time. Um, I think since 2016, I confirmed, which means that um, which means that it definitely wasn't put there after our video as a joke, kind of by them to kind right. of just you know. There it is, right there. That's a better video. Um, and also this smiley face comment um, also happened in 2016, right? So it's also right. not, it has nothing to do with our videos. We're discussing this well after the fact of these things being posted. Right. Yeah. Let me, pull, let me see if I can post that link there. There it is. 
All right, so we're back. Back so, to the original and yeah. HMM Agol. Yeah, so as I said, you, at first take, it looks a little weird and you're wondering to yourself, okay, that, what could that possibly mean? But when you do very basic research, um, you're shocked to realize that it can only mean one thing. Um, those two those two phrases connected to each other. So first of all, let's take a goal. So if you just type the word a goal into YouTube or into Google, there's only one thing that comes up, which is ArcGIS, A-R-C-G-I-S. Um, and a goal is a very, very common short form for ArcGIS online. ArcGIS is the most popular GIS currently um which which uh stands for geographic information system there yep there it is so so you can wonder to yourself okay maybe it means something else but at face value that's pretty interesting because what is arcus well arcus is a is a mapping and geographic information tech um, suite that allows you to plot data points on maps and share them with other users, other Arcus users around the world that you that you choose to share them with. Kind of like your Google your Google uh, files, you can choose a user to share them with. Right. You could do the same thing with Arcus. So you have your maps. You can plot data on your maps with the Arcus. You can create mathematical um, models. And you can get information and data from those models and maps on Arcus and make um, and make um, make um, correlated uh, make get answers to questions. So, well, an, an example of this would be Uber. So Uber uses this type of software for their drivers to show their drivers um, where the best route would be for them to take, um, and it takes. So they would have all the data points on the map, including you know busy areas, um, construction, you know, certain things that would, right. would alter the, the routes that should be taken. And it, you can use a model to spit out, as I said, you know, just as an example for Uber drivers, which like is ways or something like that too, ways. Correct. Okay. Exactly. Um, and one of the models that you can actually use to get um, information with data sets on Arcus is called the hidden Markov model. Um, and I didn't find this first. I found, I didn't find this connection first. I just Googled HMM and I, and I, and I, so I Googled HMM and I found, I Googled down a little bit. I, and the second option was hidden Markov model. And then I, so I go, I went into that and I realized that has direct connections to Arcus in the sense that the hidden Markov model is one model that you can put data in from your from your Arcus map. So you have your data set points. You can put it into this mathematical. The hidden Markov model is basically a probability matrix um, where you put data sets in and it gives you spits you out the probability of something. Um, and yeah, there you go. Um, and so. I was reading about the hidden Markov model, not knowing that it had any connection to Arcus. I just knew that a goal had, a, had likely meant Arcus and that HMM led me to hidden Markov model. And as I started researching, I realized that this is where it gets interesting. There's a huge body of research putting the hidden Markov model on top of Arcus data to comport short-term travel patterns. Wow. 
So with certain data points on an Arcus map, you can comport hit it or you can comport short-term travel patterns of individuals using the hidden Markov model. Um, and I, I, I really do, I really do. Um, yeah, let me, let me, I mean, I, I have no problem with you guys going and researching that yourself. I could send you some articles, but it'll be pretty easy for you guys to go yourself and start searching short-term travel patterns, hidden Markov models, Arcus. Um, and you're going to find a lot of stuff really quickly. Um, super interesting stuff. Um, and what's also really interesting is that, um, one of the plots of data. So, so we're thinking to ourselves, this comes all the way back. So, so let's just, let's just take a step back here. So we have our, a goal, meaning Arcus and HMM, meaning the hidden Markov model. I don't believe that there's any other explanation for those two terms being together because those two terms connect directly within this fashion. I believe that it's the only explanation um, that could possibly be there for those two terms. Is that they're looking at that and and implementing this mathematical model to determine the proper spot in any in kind of mapped out environment, right? So they're checking the maps and it shows a little, if somebody is checking out the maps, it gives them an idea of what the ideal place to be is for their particular crime right so so let's think about this so what is the so so not only the so what the what the model will give you is the likely root of certain individuals um what it doesn't give you is the blackout spots so in the uk there's so many damn cases even if they even if they know the likely route of individuals leaving bars and they can map them out as they go so as a person turns right they know that there's a there's a percent which percentage chance they have of going down the next street left or right based upon their previous um, route, right? right. Um, but you still what that still doesn't give you is the cameras. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, if I know their proper route, I have to know the location of all the cameras, and then once I have those two data sets, I can figure out which routes, which common routes have the largest blackout spots. Um, and what I realize is that. In the UK, there are public data sets on Arcus of all CCTV cameras, every single one of them. So you can go to Arcus right now and go find, I will send you a link uh, just for okay. York, because we're gonna be using York as an example today, just okay. for a stream. Um, but you can find any UK place and you will find all the data sets for their cameras. Um, and I will pull, I will send that to you. Can you, I don't think I sent that to you already, did I? I think you might have, we've talked about it in the past. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you, you can pull it up so the viewers can see. But when you're talking, it reminds me of this one case, uh, Wilkins in Bath, um, where Dymock actually was sentenced from, but this is an interesting article from 2017. And I've covered a number of these cases in my first documentary, Lewis Ball, not Burgess, not Cadman, but I covered, I think, Feast. I mean, there's a lot more cases here that I haven't seen that ended up in water. Trung Vu, I don't even know where that is. But uh, Deacon Wilkins was at a bar, and then he walked right out of, right beyond. I covered okay. well, Deacon Wilkins was one. This is an interesting one I covered in my documentary, but he said it's always remain a mystery, right? But I've covered him, and they had him on CCTV, and right after he left CCTV, 
Like he disappeared. This is what's so crazy is that when you start researching UK cases, you realize that the, 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 the culprits know exactly where the CCTV are, is, know exactly where the blackout spots are, and know exactly where the optimal routes are that people are coming from when they're leaving bars. Um, so just take, I'm going to go to the washroom for a second. You guys can take a look at this. No problem. Um, I'm going to talk about Deacon Wilkins because this is an interesting case because he was found in a kind of, uh, he was found in a waterway past where he had walked. So he disappeared down some walkway and I covered it really in detail in my first documentary, but then he disappeared and then somehow he was found in a pond past where he was seen walking, which is really strange. And they, sometimes in some of these articles about Wilkins, they will show the CCTV video of him. But uh, yeah, this is a kind of a classic SFK type of case. But Bath is, has tons of these types of cases, unfortunately. Bristol, Bath, kind of in the same area. I don't know how far apart they are on, on, uh, on the map. I think less than 30 miles. If I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. So I mean, look at how detailed this is. You can literally come in, out, zoom, zoom all the way in for me, just okay. so we can go. go so this is what's so great about this is you can take any UK case just for fun. If you're bored at night, go take any UK case because there's a lot of them. There's like 150, 200 cases all over the UK, which are exactly alike in the smiley face killer modus operandi. Um, person missing from bar late at night who separated from their friends, found at, found in water, you know, within two weeks to a month to a couple months. Um, it depends. Um, and you can actually, for fun, see where they went missing as per the cameras that are available, right? So if you zoom in, you see as it gets residential, there's a lot less cameras. As it gets, you know, you see there's a certain area there where there's a huge cluster of cameras. I think that's because that's a memorial site right there's like a memorial uh, site there mm -hmm. uh, so right here. so think about this so when we're thinking about this we're thinking about arcus right because this is arcus a goal if as i said type in a goal on google you'll get arcus that's what a goal stands for is arcus online um it's the only thing it stands for as far as i'm concerned that could possibly relate to culling and red light districts and blackout spots right the concept of blackout spot that's not my words that's cryptonymous's words right that the, the right. ona outer representative that's how this plays in. So you have the data sets of all the cameras. This is just for York. So you can get different areas. Right. Um, we're, we're just kind of, you know, using it as an example. Um, so if I'm in York, um, think about what you can do with this type of data as a criminal. Um, it's it's kind of scary a little bit. You know where to avoid. You know where there won't be a record of you. You know where there will be a record of you. There's a lot of information here that could uh, definitely influence somebody to keep them off the radar. Correct. So, so let's take this a step further. So the reason why we're showing your viewers York um, is because um, that that is where um, A. A. Moraine is from. So he is known as the Yorkshire Runwatha. That's how what he calls himself. Um, I guess that's a play on the Yorkshire Ripper. Um, I don't right. know though. I think he had some kind of a fish. Uh, uh, he was an aficionado of the Brady murders, who's the Moors murders, right? Which I think the Moors were somewhere close to New York, if I remember. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah. So, so we have his website where this comment comes in from 
the website Temple Wilderness, which I mean, I don't know if you want to post that Temple Wilderness website as well. I think I would actually, if I were you, okay, let me get it. Um, because that is extremely scary. That's the website of the person who made this post. Um, and the post was liked by A.A. Moraine or the, the, Rune, the Yorkshire Rune Watha. I mean, he's from York, right? So he's from York and they're talking about this modus operandi um, in his writings, in, in Moraine's writings, he talks about praying, uh, getting culling victims from bars. Um, because they're drunk and it's easy to get them, right? He, he fully talks about that. Right. Um, he lives in York. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, we have this comment where they clearly know how to dodge CCTV cameras. Um, they're talking about using probability-wise, right, to, to, to get um, likely routes of individuals and comport that against the, the, the blackout spots to see which routes have the best blackout spots, which routes have the largest amounts of blackout spots, where it would be optimal to get a victim because that that's a common route, but it also has lots of blackout spots. Um, and that's where he lives. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I wonder if there's any odd cases in York, um, which is when I found, I mean, quite, quite frankly, maybe one of the, the most interesting like clusters of cases. Um, I don't know though, cause I haven't researched all of the UK cases. I mean, I, I'm only one man. Every case I research is the same. No wit un unwitnessed drowning. Nobody sees them go into water. No CCTV footage of them going into water. I mean, where's the one case where the accident happens on camera, right? I mean, give me a break here. Um, and then no physical evidence. Um, I keep I keep I research a lot of them, but this cluster was particularly interesting to me because it happened in the space and time that that Moraine is operating in, and obviously his Temple Wilderness friend. So this is the Temple Wilderness website. All right, so you see the theme of the black hooded guys in the forest and this kind of moving nighttime theme of these uh, trees is, is a, this this kind of a rural iconography or, or art, artistry depictions are very common in the ONA. And read, read, the t read the tabs at the top, right? So you have Azoth, Lapis Philosophicus, On Magian Law. Right, so right. I think you're going to realize some of these, and then you have Sonic OS, which is another uh, Sonic Creed, right? Um, which is another uh, type of ONA. So you, this is a clearly ONA website. Um, this is the guy making the comment um, about um, the HMM goal and the the clues to culling, right? So he's talking about the fact that this is the clue to culling, the fact that they have access to the blackout spots, and they're using through through the through the through technology right through software to develop patterns to basically figure out the, like the optimal way to abduct a person which is crazy to say i mean it's hard to wrap your brain around i mean even to begin to wrap your brain around but it's it's happening in my opinion um or at least it's being talked about it's being talked about yeah i mean here's the sonac os is really kind of a distillation of ona type stuff the games of this practical OS is to reprogram human beings to be sinister and thus fulfill their galactic potential. Enable human beings to form sinister networks, tribes, next, and so on. And replace the current closed proprietary official government approved Magian OS, which most human beings currently use, which cripples their capacity for rational thought, their ability to be free human beings, and disables their personal honor is the only law subroutine, which is the foundation of their humanity. So you really see this us against them. We're the new man. You're the old man. You're the homo curiosity. We're the homo galacticus. So, so, so let's talk about this. So I, I told, I told you, I, I researched York because I'm thinking to myself, you have a marine there. 
Um, I don't know if I don't know if we mentioned this to your viewers before, but AA Moraine and Cryptonomous and Chloe are in direct contact with each other and have been, you know, uh, co commenting on each other's posts, liking each other's posts, um, which means to me that you would likely have Moraine trying to appease Chloe or trying to, you know, make her think that he is actually ONA. Um, and as we know from the last video, the way that Chloe believes, Chloe believes that there's a lot of fake ONA people. And that the one way that you can tell that somebody's ONA is if they've called and called through the blackout spot in red light district modus operandi, right? By getting a victim from a black, from a red light district in a blackout spot. Um, so if you have AA Moraine here in York wanting to prove that he's become an adept, right? Or prove that he's, you know, actually ONA to Chloe or, uh, he would have likely called in which way would he have called blackout spots, red light district, stage accidents. Um, and then as I said, you have the reason why we talked about the Tehi Tehi is because it's so weird that the concept of culling stems from a, an act of drowning, right? So we have this deep mythological, um, story, old, old mythological story, the Tehi Tehi, which has survived many ages, which basically I believe is the source of the culling aspect or source of the culling aspect of the corpus involves culling through water. Um, I don't know if that, as I said, I obviously water, it just is an easy way for them to get it done, right? A staged accident, you double in water, it looks like a drowning. Um, but maybe there is something more than just utility to the water aspect of it. And I do believe where this guy's saying clues everywhere, right? Right, right. Which I mean to me is like an insider saying something like, hey, why aren't you guys getting these clues? Why aren't you looking at this website? Exactly, clues everywhere. So I looked at the website and I realized, holy shit, you know, the that's where this aspect has come from and they it, it stemmed from drowning and as i said we talked about the we talked about the um fractured flowing sea where the where the um where the tehi tehi took the body of an ona member right like the ona member went to sleep fused mm -hmm. with the tehi tehi woke up and was put to purpose of drowning um right those people so that human being presences the other being, right? So it's like a possession. So, I mean, do you get that sense that that's what they're saying is what is happening? Yeah. So I, I got the sense that a person can embody the Tehi Tehi and do their bidding, or the person has to do their bidding or should do their bidding. Um, at the end of the day, the Tehi Tehi fused with the human, and then the human woke up and was put to purpose to do the deeds of the Tehi Tehi, which was to get these individuals, drown them so the person could, so the Tehi Tehi could be replete and and have uh, life force and life energy. Life force, right. Yeah, that's kind of what I understood too. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, the connection to drowning, I mean, this comment in itself, when you think about what it's talking about, in this comment, this tiny little comment, it's talking about the entire history of culling within the ONA corpus. It's talking about, um, how to dodge cameras in red light districts, right? Using Arcus, because you can go to Arcus right now and get the data sets for all cameras anywhere in the UK. And you can start doing running models to see which are the best routes. And one of those models is the HMM, Hidden Markov model, a very, very well-known model um, for, for, for achieving, um, um, for achieving um, probabilistic uh, um, numbers, for achieving, um, for understanding which, uh, let me pull it up here. Okay. Yeah, 
so it's, I mean, I really love the hidden Markov model. It actually is really deep once you start researching it. Um, there's so many ways where it could comport to these killings um, in the sense that um, once you know op either common routes or you know the routes, right? So, if, so I do believe that you can, with this model, predict where a person will turn likely, right? Like mm -hmm. judging by the, the turns they've made in the last two or three turns, you can judge where they're going pretty, right. pretty good with this model. And I believe with that model on top of the camera data, um, you could find something. But at the end of the day, I don't believe that, I, I believe that in general, if you found common paths, right? So let's say you, you took a bar and you drew common paths, one to the one to the uh, the bus station, right? One to the train station, one to the uh, the bridge that leads across to the, you know, to the other side of town, right? Um, right. You could have probabilistic factors of when the person changes a direction, where they're going, likely. Um, and if you know, as I said, through Arcus, where the blackout spots are, and you know a person's heading into a blackout spot, um, yeah, I mean, you 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 have a pretty good idea. Right, but if that's being distributed orally or that knowledge to inner members and it's distributed around the world, it makes a lot of sense as why nobody's being caught or being recorded on CCTV camera or anything like that. I mean, assuming that authorities would even be looking, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I... I they're not, uh, they're obviously, I mean, the, the word staged accident, I mean, it's there for a reason. They're trying not to be, they're trying not to get caught. I mean, <laughs> it's as simple right. as that. And this is, right. this is a really key way for that, I would say. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, the, the one guy who got caught was Von Nudigem, right? So he, his choice was not as efficient as some of these other people, it seems like. That guy in Canada, guy in Toronto. Yeah, there, there are, he said, Crisis King says there are a lot of cameras, but not everywhere, which I think is the whole point is that if you can figure out where the common routes are and where the blackout spots are, you can start extrapolating that data to get probabilistic factors of where, you know, the best spots are. Um, let's talk about this for a second. So okay. on our first video, we had a comment from somebody who created their YouTube channel just to make that comment. Um, and the name of the comment was Ghost Optic, or the name of the person was called Ghost Optics. Right. Um, they they made a comment about culling, that culling being a necessary aspect of life. Um, right. And it's clear that this person was a no any person. They decided to um, throw that on, throw that, uh, throw that in there, right? Right. Let me see. I've got I actually that one marked, so I can pull that up. Let's pull that. That'd up. be that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, so Archandre says, presumably you could lie in wait. Correct. So if you have a blackout spot and a common route, you lie in wait in that blackout spot, knowing that it's a common route. And so we see the dates being targeted as uh, dates of, of uh, you know, uh, um, we see, you know, uh, Christmas, um, um, New Year's, um, um, St. Patrick's Day, um, um you know, play times where people are. Uh, let's comments. say, let's let's say a music venue, right? A lot yeah, of these have, disappearance of half of the music venues at certain. Uh, what's the other one? Um, high, HM high Center in Boston or whatever. Like, yeah. there's been a couple of people come out of that. Yeah, because there's a game going on. High chance that on that day there will be somebody going on that common route at late at night. Um, or there's no so, camera. And yeah. So you can lie in wait there. Lie in, lie in wait exactly, which is where this comes in. 
So this comment, the earth is a farm, human beings are livestock, calling is a component of herd management. This individual made this YouTube channel just to com make this comment. It's called ghost optics. So when you Google ghost optics, you realize that it leads directly back to military grade optical sites, including thermal and, and night vision, right? So, right. and if you look at thermal, thermal has come a long way. There's now currently monoculars, thermal monoculars that any hunter or person can get, um, which is fantastic. So let's just say I'm the unsub here and I have a blackout spot in a common route, right? Cause I can, I can easily find blackout spots. And if I know a common route, I find the blackout spots on that common route and I lie in wait, like Archandre just mentioned. You have your thermal capabilities, which is what this comment leads to is thermal capabilities, which is very common these days. You can go and grab it online yourself. It's very easy. Um, what that does is that allows you to ensure that your blackout spot from cameras is a human blackout spot as well. Right. Do you want to mention that guy who actually did some research into this, who also has been researching ONA? Um, who, were you, who were we referring to here? What's, uh, I don't want to mention his name if you don't want to. He's another researcher with military experience. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I, I haven't spoken to him recently because he's okay. on uh, he's on duty right now. He's, okay. he's on duty. So I, I've been waiting to speak with him. Okay. Um, but so I do believe, yeah, I, I do believe that this leads back to the blackout spot aspect of it because if you're the killer um yes you can ensure that there's a camera blackout spot but at the end of the day that you're trying to make the probability in your in your favor as much as possible the one thing you can't control is a human being walking by um right. so you can't control that how can you control that well with thermal capabilities um it's the capabilities for thermal these days is actually shocking if you were to find a blackout spot and lie in wait, you can monitor that blackout spot with thermal and have a complete knowledge that there are no human beings around and you know there are no cameras around. Um, right. And, and we also thermal is the step yep. beyond FLIR, right? Or what is it? Uh, what was the other style of night vision? It was different than thermal, right? I'm not too certain. Okay. I do know that I thermals, that thermals, op, thermals are optimal right now for, for, okay. for hunters because it allows. So we see a lot of cases in the winter as well. I don't think people realize, but thermal is very, very capable in the winter. Like if you have a blackout spot and it's winter and you have thermal, you will see anything with heat in your blackout spot in a second. Um, right. No problems whatsoever. Yeah, you and I went through some of those videos that are on YouTube, and I, I mean, it's clear as day using a thermal uh, camera, a thermal telescope. So let's 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 bring it back to the first episode where we where we discussed about my discuss my comment more my sorry my uh, discussion with the um, uh, with the great uh, green beret who mentioned that the best way to achieve this type of abduction is with an electroshock weapon because. Um, it's very difficult to decipher an electroshock wound. It's very difficult to decide or to distinguish it from a bruise, um, especially if it's been left alone, especially if the body has post-mortem wounds. Um, I posted an article on Twitter recently, um, a full article on on the wound patterns of electroshock weapons, discussing how if if there are a lot of post-mortem bruises to a body, it'll be near impossible to find an electroshock wound on a body because at, at the end of the day, in a couple of days, they'll look just like a bruise, right? 
Um, and if the bruise is not on the face, right, if it's, if it's, let's say, you know, on the side of the body or something, right, it's not going to look like a debilitating bruise either. It's just going to look like a postmortem wound. A lot right. of these bodies are run are in water. They're hitting branches, right? They have a lot of postmortem wounds. Sure. It's almost the perfect tool combined with thermal. Once you know your blackout spot, I mean, I, I hate to think that there might be somebody watching this video thinking, "Hey, this is a fantastic way to just go kill somebody," but we need to talk about it. I mean, we really do need to talk about it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I agree. No, I agree. I mean, it's pretty, pretty scary what uh, people can do. And there's been, you know, other, other, you know, stories. What is it? Uh, Silence of the Lambs. A guy had thermal camera. If you remember, he was like a serial killer, Buffalo Bill. So, you know, there's been this association with these uh, thermal vision, I should say, night vision. No, I think he just had a night vision camera. I can't remember, but he, he definitely had something where you could see at night, but uh if these people are really willful and want to do it, I mean, they're trying to get into the ONA or trying to move up the grades or whatever, it's possible. Think about how much of a god this would make you, knowing where blackout spots are, having thermal capabilities in the winter, right, where there's already inherently very little people outside, right? So if you target, um, if you target, let's say, New Year's in a very cold area, the only people walking at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. is going to be people coming home from nightlife. Nobody's outside at that time because it's goddamn freezing. Whereas in the summer, you're more likely to get your riffraff, people who aren't necessarily in a bar, but, you know, are out walking or, you know, chatting or right. whatever. Um, so they are targeting the winter for a reason because it helps with this blackout spot theory. Their entire modus operandi is built around ensuring that there is an, an actual black, there is an actual blackout spot, ensuring that there's no cameras, ensuring that there's no human capabilities. Ghost optics directly leads back to thermal capabilities. Um, this guy was trying to give me a tip, I think, as far as I'm concerned. Why else would he make this YouTube channel and name it that and then make that comment um, without, you know, trying to be you know, sly about it, um, if you know what I mean. Right. So we got a question from Crisis King 777 and uh, he's asking if you've read everything on the website with a smiley face. Yeah, I have. And that website is based on the Ruinwatha tradition, which, as I said, was the original tradition passed down to Anton Long or David Myatt from that woman in Shropshire all those years back, um, which what spawned all the new flavors of the ONA, all the contemporary flavors. Um, it's a very interesting website. Um, but what what I do believe is interesting about that is how the Ruinwatha tradition leads directly back to culling. Um, and we see that smiley face on the Ruinwatha website, which, as I said, comes full circle to the fact that maybe this is the base tradition where the culling has, you know, has has been sourced from um, and which potentially is why people were tagging smiley faces at these murders, because they wanted to esoterically hint or wink to other people who knew um, that this was a culling. Right. So there are two two websites that you found with the smiley face. One is Labyrinthos Mythologicus, and then the other is Rune with us. So Rune with us at WordPress.com and Lapis Philosophicus at WordPress.com. But uh, let's see, this guy is saying EA Coetting. Yeah, I actually talked with EA Coetting like in 2010, and somebody actually kind of, he, he was a stealth invite, and uh, I had some conflict. I don't even know where that interview is, but... Uh, it was on truth frequency radio, but not a lot of truth in that frequency as far as I'm concerned. Let's see. I overheard a young military fellow bragging on the plane about tactical urban avoid and evade training. 
<laughs> disturbing perspective application. So let me let me say something on this. That's a good comment, Slick Dissident, and it's actually a supporting point to my theory because the ONA markedly invades these paramilitary groups, type of paramilitary groups. Right, inside um, rules. Right. So if we're looking at this, the, the characteristics of this modus operandi, right, to, 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 to um, research your area before you get there, have full knowledge of your tactical ground before you get there, have tools, right, tools, your thermal and your electro, um, to, to ensure that, you know, your, your, your operation runs smoothly. What does that sound to you like? Does that sound to you like whoever the perpetrator is might potentially have military training at some point in their life or paramilitary training? Yeah. I mean, and these guys like Adam Wofford are going out and doing training. I mean, there's all kind of training camps, hate camps, they call them. So I don't, God only knows what the That's totality a, of their training is. What is their real training? You can see them shooting guns. But. Isn't that a good point though? So if we have these military paramilitary groups who are, you know, in, enveloping this, this metaculture, where are the bodies? Where are the bodies? Right. You know, the, you can't have it both ways. They can't be super dangerous, but there's no bodies. Um, and that's, as I said, I, you know, talking about Hanrahan earlier, I do believe that um, it's either one way or the other. Either they aren't dangerous and there's this, this meta, meta culture is a complete sham or there are bodies and we just haven't figured it out. Which would enough. be remarkable because somebody has put in thousands of hours to create the ONA corpus. I mean, somebody has done tons of work and put in tons of resources so for and them to put in that like resource crazy. and then say oh yeah by the way it's all just we're all really just doing tea parties at night is uh is a stretch the problem with that is that so this is global anybody can read this stuff so regardless of whether the original person who created the corpus whether or not our chloe 352 or kryptonymous or or uh, aa moraine is serious is completely irrelevant Chloe could be a complete sham. A.A. Marine could be a complete sham. What isn't a complete sham is the word on the page and the, the words on the page and the fact right. that people are reading this and all it takes is one, right? right? One person. That's all it takes. And I do believe because it's been around for so long, for 40 years, and if you look online, as I said, it's proliferated so many new flavors, so many all over the world, so many different aspects of the ONA now. Where are the bodies? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, it's a question that needs to be answered. Does anybody have any questions before we wrap it up? We're at about an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Do you, do you have anything you'd like to add? Anything that you want to lead people to social media contact information? Yeah. I mean, I think this is, I think uh, the knowledge that all CCTV cameras in the UK are public, I think is really, has really been interesting to a lot of people. A lot of people have found that interesting. The fact that this data sets are available on Uggle or Arcus online. Um, I mean, to me, that is extremely interesting because as a criminal, you operate around that. That would be your base oper like, you know, your base data set of operation. Um, who knows how many criminals have, you know, use this information in the past. Um, it's kind of scary to think about it a little bit. I think the recent cases, I mean, I have only a few recent ones. There was the one in Sacramento, I think before the COVID, uh, whose name I can't remember right now, but really COVID shut everything down. But there's been one that uh, Guy Hughes in, in Pittsburgh was found in water. And that was in the same area that Dakota James and Jimmy Slack so there was another kind of young man discovered in water. So there's a few here and there. There's been a lot in Portland. 
But uh, yeah, so here's an additional comment. Igor Slickdistant, he said his superiors were driving unmarked SUVs and trying to catch them with photos. Interesting. Um, yeah, so my book is out, guys. If people want to read uh, all of my research and I've got uh, the audio, you know, I've got all the stuff Igor and I have talked about in my book. So you can read that. And I've covered a lot of different cases, a lot of animal often cases. And yeah, that he says Michael Aquino. I mean, there there is a rabbit hole here. There, I mean, the Oenake is connected to a tangent, tangentially connected to everything, just not in the way it is. But there are there are Michael Aquino rabbit holes in relation to the Oenake. Yeah. Um, well, what is it? Moltz was another main figure, and he was friends with uh, David Tibet. He was friends with Peter Christofferson. So it's not a stretch to think that there's an occult underground. These guys know of each other. So you know, and that goes to Genesis Peorge and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll end with this. Um, so for the viewers um i i have always wanted to just move on with my life the second i did the first video i mean i was never hope thinking i was just going to spend more time on this the problem i have is that everything comports everything connects i've gotten to the point where the entire modus operandi connects the entire victim typology connects right the motive for why they wanted to do it connects obviously as i said it comes down to a disconnect of are these people capable is there any hard proof that you know there has been a calling in the past? Um, and the answer is no. There has been no um, prima facie evidence where you could take it to a you know a a person and say you know this is you know obviously what's happening. Um, but I do believe that we are kind of starting something here um, because, as I said, they're either completely bullshit or where are the bodies? But for them to say where they're all completely bullshit. There's just so many ONA members, so many ONA flavors. It's proliferated all over the globe. Everybody would have to be bullshit. Everybody. And I just don't see that being possible. Yeah, that's a good point. So um, what's your what's your contact information? Do you Don't you have a Gmail account? Yeah, I do. My Gmail is y.sarsky at gmail.com. So if people want to reach out and then if people are interested in reading my book on the subject, it's at WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com and uh, it's available on Amazon right now globally. So again, Igor Sarsky, the third time around, still very, there's still just tons of information coming forward. So I appreciate your time. Your book did, your book did a great job um, bringing to light the actual danger um, because, you know, I'm bringing to light the words on the page. You're bringing to light actual real life effects of this um, metaculture. An ideology and i believe that that's super important towards proving or towards like you know, showing guys like hammerhand that in reality people are capable of making doing crimes uh, who are following the ona super yeah. capable all right thanks a lot man i appreciate it you have a great uh, rest of your weekend take it easy all right take care Bye -bye.